0: This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Lacey. And I'm Ashley. And this is United States of Murder. This week, we discuss two wrongful convictions. Then, we'll talk about a
1: missing student from Ole Miss. Buckle up and join us on this dark and twisted ride through the Magnolia State.
0: The Innocence Project was started in 1992 by Barry Skeck and Peter Newfield as part of a law clinic at Cardozo School of Law. They claimed incorrect identification by eyewitnesses was a factor in over 70% of wrongful convictions. They work for free. Too free, the innocent. As of 2022, the Innocence Project had successfully overturned 375 convictions through DNA-based exonerations. Many of these are on death row. 21. 21 had been sentenced to death, including one of the men in my story. Nearly half of all Innocence Project cases involve misapplied forensic science who some deem as an unreliable method. All potential clients go through extensive screening process to determine whether or not they are likely innocent. If they pass the process, they'll take their case. Around 2,400 prisoners write to them annually and at any given time, the Innocence Project is evaluating six to 8,000 potential cases. I'm about to tell you about one of these prisoners who wrote to a group of strangers with the hope they could help free him. Little did anyone know that by taking his case, they would also free another man who was serving a life sentence for a crime he also did not commit. On September 15, 1990, in a small house in Brooksville, Mississippi, Three-year-old Courtney Smith was abducted from the bed that she was sharing with her two sisters, Patria, who was one, and five-year-old Ashley. Ashley had tried unsuccessfully to wake up their uncle, Tony, who was asleep on the couch. The girl's mother had gone out with friends for the evening, and she was there with her siblings and her grandmother and uncle. When the other adults finally arrived home the next morning, they found Courtney was missing. They began a search, the police were called, and an official search began. Courtney had not been found when the search was called off at 1 a.m. Two days later, Courtney was found face down and partially clothed in a pond about 100 yards from her home. That's so close. 100 yards? Dr. Stephen Hain performed the autopsy, showing drowning to be the cause of death. He stated the bruises on Courtney's head were probably from a fist and that he found cuts in her vagina wall and a torn hymen, injuries that had occurred while she was still alive. Dr. Hain also found a bite mark on Courtney's little wrist. Bite mark evidence was predominantly new at this time, but they worked a lot like fingerprints. Not only does it show you were present at the area the crime was happening, but that you were up close and personal. So it's not like touch DNA. You know what I mean? Like a bite mark is like they touch the victim. Right. Where if I just dropped my hair in your house, yes, I was at the scene, but it doesn't necessarily mean I, Oh,
1: you see what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Anyone could lose a hair somewhere. Or it could have been there for
0: three weeks before. Mm -hmm. Dr. Michael West, a forensic odontologist, was called in to examine the bite marks. He and Dr. Hain had worked together on several cases in the past. He was part of the American Academic of Forensic Sciences. Over 5,200 deaths and 300 bite mark analysis were under his belt. So, he had a lot of experience. His resume, 28 pages long. Wow. I'm like Making shit up to make mine But can I one say, page long. too long.
1: That's too long. It's too
0: long. It's too much. Too be much concise. fluff. Yeah. But he was a pioneer in the field at the time, so investigations began. There was no physical evidence at the house. They brought in everyone who had been in or around the home for the past 24 hours of her disappearance. 12 people, to be exact, and they took dental impressions of all of them. They quickly narrowed down the 12 people to two possible suspects, Justin Johnson and Levon Brooks. Levon had dated Courtney's mom in the past, and Justin's ex-wife and child lived next door. So he was over there a lot. So he was around Courtney's family. So both men knew the family very well. Were
1: you able to find a photo of the bite online?
0: Girl, I got all that shit we you. So we'll know what it looks like. We've got it all. Ten days after the murder, Sergeant Ernest, who was the chief investigator for the Noxubee County Sheriff's Department, went to speak with Ashley. With the police sergeant present, Ashley was interviewed by a local TV personality by the name of Robert Williams, a.k.a. Uncle Bunky. What? Who was a local artist who happened to help police when he wasn't working on his kids' show. This is so fucking weird. I know. I already think he's guilty. Uncle Bunky? Yes. He would sketch crime scenes and question children. Mm. Anyway, so he interviews Ashley and she tells him that the man who took Courtney took her on an airplane that was parked outside their room. And that that guy gave Courtney a coin that he had gotten from his ear. Uncle Bucky would try to steer the conversation and was almost leading her. Like, mm-hmm. the coin was an earring, though, right? So he wasn't a professional? He's was no. just
1: some dude in the community called the Uncle Bunky? He was like a volunteer
0: deputy boo-boo. I'm sorry, they're having a volunteer dude? Who has a children's TV show, like oh Captain Kangaroo. It was like a local TV show. So in it's this- like if, if we started interviewing kids in yeah. crimes? In a nutshell. In a nutshell. So that's freaking weird. So he would almost like lead her, ask her leading questions. So, you mean the coin was an earring? And she'd say, Oh, yeah, that's right. I guess it was an earring. And then she told him that the guy had on a Halloween mask. Again, he corrected her and said, You mean like a a pantyhose or something over his face? And she says, Oh, yeah, that was it. So, out of the two men, Levon and the, the neighbor, Levon was the only one who had an earring. Like he wore an earring? Mm-hmm. Like well, he had his ears pierced. So they showed Ashley a photo lineup, and of course, she picked him. Yeah. He was familiar. He had an earring. She knew his face. So that was him. 31 year old Levon is questioned, but he has an alibi. He was working. But it didn't matter. They arrested him anyways and took a dental impression. It is taken over to the dental place <laughs> where they're investigating all this shit. Okay. So his alibi, you know, I said he was working. He worked mm-hmm. at a local nightclub. He left there around 1.30. Several people saw him. They cooperated his whole thing. But the police used this statement from Levon to determine when little Courtney was abducted. So they have no timeline before this of when she disappeared. Right. But they calculate when he left, how long it would take him to get to her house and abduct her, and that's how they set their timeline. Wow. That's seriously messed up.
1: This is a mess already. It's
0: just wait. So the dental impression, like I said, is sent over to the forensic tooth guy. He used a contact comparison technique. He said the two teeth on the top match the bite on Courtney's wrist. So basically, he took the dental impression, pressed it up against her arm to see if it matched. This is not accurate. This contaminates evidence and leaves even more marks. So don't do this, armchair dental forensic folks.
1: they did it on her?
0: On her body.
1: Okay. Yes.
0: Typically, they do this on a living person to compare it but not the guy. He did it on her actual arm. On the, on the victim's arm. Well, that's not traumatic. Arm. Okay. Wow. Well, I guess just um so 16 months later, the trial begins in January of 1992. 7-year-old Ashley takes the witness stand. She told the jury it was Levon. She's visibly upset and 2 years has gone by since this happened and her testimony had a ton of discrepancies in it. Courtney's mother testified for the defense saying he didn't do this. He would have never done this to my daughter. Hmm. So do with that what you will. They also show how Levon's alibi proved that he was at work and there was no way he could have committed this murder and that the timeline was incorrect and very inconsistent. Dr. W gives his extensive testimony regarding the test that he had conducted In reaching the conclusion that the bite mark had been made by Levon, that it could have been nobody else, he thought he had the smoking gun, Hmm. that this was in fact him, there was no doubt in his mind. After nine hours of deliberation, the jury convicts him of capital murder, and he is sentenced to life in prison. Two main pieces of evidence were the bite mark comparison and Ashley's identification. The defense tried to get a mistrial based on lack of evidence, but it was immediately denied. So four months after his conviction, in the same little Mississippi town, three-year-old Christina Jackson goes missing from her home on May third, 1992. Christina and her siblings were being babysat by her mother's boyfriend, Kennedy Brewer. Her bedroom window had been previously broken, so it was left open which is where the perp was able to enter the locked home. Like Courtney, she was also found close to her house in a creek and had been assaulted. Mm. Dr. Hain was brought in again for an autopsy. It's a small town. He was really the only one that did it. He also found a bite mark on Christina, just like they had found on Courtney.
1: And Levon's...
0: In prison. He's in prison. Okay. Wow. Yeah, he's in prison. So Dr. West also comes in to examine them. He takes a dental mold of Kennedy's teeth and concludes that it had to be Kennedy because his top teeth matched the bite. It would be three years before his trial began and he's set in the county jail that entire time waiting for his trial. Wow. The same DA, Forrest Allgood, is also brought in. Kennedy denied anything to do with this baby's death. The state offered him a plea deal, and he immediately refused it, even though death penalty was on the table. Oh, my gosh. Dr. West identified that Kennedy had left 19 bite marks on Christina's little body. He also said two front teeth were the ones that made the mark, but there were no bottom teeth marks. That's strange. how does that work? You cannot you have top and bottom rows of teeth you yeah, can't you just put bite
1: pressure unless you're missing all your bottom teeth then you can i mean how do you bite you it down pressure yeah
0: mm-hmm. i'm biting my hand right now i mean i'm no forensic dentist but it doesn't make any sense you can't bite with half of your mouth
1: uh-uh even pressing it i'm not even leaving a mark on my hand right
0: i hope your hands are clean
1: they are of course <gasps> so <wanna> smell
0: no <laughs> not really have <laughs> lotion on so the same guy who did bundy's Bite mark analysis is brought in by the defense. That would be Ted Bundy, because
1: mm-hmm. you know that's
0: how he was prosecuted: was the, the bite, bite mark. mark yeah. So Dr. Suberon takes a gel mold. They kind of dust the bite mark like a fingerprint and lift the impression off. He makes a plaster impression, then uses a volunteer who is still alive, so their skin has elasticity and will bounce back, and concludes that this dude is way off. That really? Kennedy did not do this. These bites were made post-mortem and they were predatory. Like an animal or an insect oh. or something had done this.
1: Well, I know that this is not a great study. Like it's right. not... Nowadays, one that people use to... No. Convict. Right. Like it can be used as evidence and stuff, sure. but not like the smoking gun. This is
0: what everything's riding because on, right?
1: Because they are so wrong sometimes.
0: Yeah. Ugh. So Dr. West is furious that he looks like an idiot. Well he call, he calls Dr. Subron a lot of bad names, one of them being a whore, and said he has no disrespect he has no respect for him. A whore? A whore, yes. Okay. Yeah, he's a whore. So despite all of this, in nineteen ninety five, Kennedy was charged with capital murder and sentenced to death.
1: So they really think two separate dudes. Did K- this killed two separate little girls, way. Okay.
0: same everything, and bit them. Wow. So, he spends the entire time he is in prison in solitary confinement. Mm-hmm. He starts writing The Innocence Project in 2000, telling them, I need your help. Man, I hate
1: solitary confinement. Oh, it's the worst. There's no nothing good that can come from
0: that. So, the Innocence Project agrees to take it. They want all the evidence, all the case files, every bit of it. Part of the evidence was a rape kit. They tested it against Kennedy's DNA and it didn't match. Wow. Completely excluded him. So. Why didn't they ever
1: do that before?
0: I don't know. Just like Levon, he was convicted from bite mark analysis and an eyewitness. Mm. They take all of this to the prosecutor, who tells them, just because he didn't rape her, doesn't mean he didn't kill her. Are you fucking kidding me? So, they say, you know, basically, well, we need to find out who did. Like, Mm -hmm. this isn't irrelevant. So, they still thought that he did something. How did she get out of the house? If the house was locked? Did he sell her for drugs? Did he sell her for money for drugs? So... He is still guilty of capital murder, according to the D.A. in Mississippi. So, the Innocence Project was like, hell no. They take over his case, take it to their attorneys. They become his attorneys. They go to Mississippi themselves, look at photos. They take photos of the broken window, showing how easy it could have been for someone to reach into the broken window, get inside. They go out to the creek, and they bring an aquatic forensic entomologist to show the jury what could have caused the bite marks on Christine. Any guesses? Fish? Crawfish. Oh. Yes. He sets traps and caught a couple dozen and put them in a tank with a stillborn pig. Oh. Oh. They fed on the pig. Ooh. And left marks just like the ones on Christine's body.
1: Wow. Not teeth marks at all.
0: Crawfish. Because she had been in the creek. The Innocence Project starts looking into other cases in the area with similar M.O.s. They thought the guy who did this to Christine is probably a repeat offender. Mm -hmm. And then they come across Levon's case. And it's nearly identical it was too big of a coincidence, so they spoke to locals who told them the whole story. These little girls were the same age. They had the same MO. Both were found in bodies of water and 18 months apart. They reach out to Levon and he agrees to accept their help. He had just been living out his days. He had no legal counsel. He had not even tried for, you know, a retrial or anything. He'd just given up.
1: He's just going to spend the rest of his life there. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah.
0: So ugh. they start looking into other possible suspects that could have murdered Courtney, and you remember Justin Johnson, the guy that lived next door to Christine and or to Courtney, yeah, turns out he had already been arrested before her murder for a home invasion and sexual assault.
1: Why didn't they the police know that already? Did't they did. look
0: at their backgrounds? I'm just, but Lacey, he didn't have an earring, oh man, so that's why. Ugh. And then right after this murder, he is arrested because he's caught in the act of breaking and entering an attempted sexual assault on another person. Good Lord. So, Kennedy's Brewer's new trial begins in 2007. The Innocence Project hired their own forensic person out of California and sent samples of the DNA, Courtney's stuff, everything they had, they all went to California and tested it in this lab. And the lab calls the attorneys and tells them that Kennedy is completely excluded. He did not commit this crime and that Justin Johnson is an exact match. It was him the whole time. So, turns out the perp wasn't wearing earrings after all. Mm -mm. They brought him in for questioning and he admitted it. Just like that. He admitted he was high on coke. Ugh. And other stuff, and that the demons in his head were telling him I'm to sure do it. Can.
1: Every time? Every time he was breaking in? Demons? Mm hmm.
0: He said he reached through the window and grabbed her out, took her across the field, and. Ugh, gross. Well, he also confessed to murdering Courtney eventually. He admitted to everything he did to the girls, except the biting. He was like. I didn't bite anybody. Like, I did all that other bad shit, but I didn't bite anybody. Mm -hmm. Justin Johnson was convicted of murdering both little girls in February of 2008 when Kennedy and Levon were both finally freed. Kennedy was the first person in the state of Mississippi to be freed by post-conviction DNA. Levon had spent 18 years in prison, and Kennedy had spent 15 years in prison on death row. Both men were awarded $500,000 from the state. Oh, yay. Levon and Kennedy attempted to sue the two doctors, but it was dismissed. They had made a mistake, but it wasn't maliciously done, so... Oh, Lord have mercy. You can't trust people in white coats. No offense, Lacey's (laughs) husband, Sam. But just because they have a white coat on doesn't mean that they're always telling the truth. Well. And they can't make mistakes.
1: No matter what job it is, there's someone out there bad at that job. You know what I mean? Mm
0: -hmm. Every every single job, period. Yeah.
1: But. And there's corrupt people and not that these I mean were corrupt necessarily, but right. you know there's but yeah. there's
0: people that make mistakes. Oh yeah, in everything for sure. So Kennedy moved back home with his family, and the two men became friends. Levon went on to marry. Man. He and his wife opened up a restaurant, and he tended to chickens and continued his love of art making. He sold greeting cards and keychains featuring his artwork. That's good. But sadly, he passed away from colon cancer (sighs) in 2018 at the age of 58. Man. According to the Innocence Project website, in the wake of exonerations of Brewer and Brooks, the Innocence Project and several other organizations decided to investigate the work of Dr. Hain and Dr. West. For years, Hain had claimed to conduct 1,200 to 1,800 autopsies a year, across the state of Mississippi, which is six times the professional standard. But it uh, earned him over that's a too much. Over million dollars a year is what he was making. Uh, yeah, that's too... Mm-mm. Payne had served as Mississippi's chief medical examiner in the late 1980s and early 1990s, but couldn't fill the position permanently because the state required the official to be properly board-certified and he was not.
1: <gasps> what?
0: Yes. How can you be a
1: chief? Mm. No,
0: they didn't have one. Lord, I don't even know what to say. The position has been vacant for more than 15 years. Yeah. So he was filling the role on a de facto basis. They so couldn't
1: find anyone with...
0: It's small town Mississippi. Yeah. So right. yeah. in August of 2008, just months after Brewer and Brooks exonerations, the state announced it was severing all ties with Dr. Hayne. So, I read several articles about these two goons and found a lot of talk about how many other cases that had Mm -hmm. to be opened back up. Dr. Hain had provided false and misleading autopsy reports and testimony in criminal prosecutions which carried death sentences and played a critical role in improperly sending an unknown number of people to prison for life. Wow. Ugh. So, here's one of them. In 1992, an 82-year-old woman named Georgia Kemp medical was murdered. The medical examiner, Dr. Stephen Hayne, did an autopsy and ruled that she had died of stab wounds, but he also said he found signs of rape. Rape and the fact that a fire had been set at the murder scene produced the elements necessary for Eddie Lee Howard to face capital murder under Mississippi law. Mm. Three days after her burial, Hayne told prosecutors that he thought he did recall seeing that she had a bite mark on her body. So they mm. exhumed this poor woman's body, transported to Hattiesburg for an examination by odontologist Michael West, mm, who ultimately testified that there was indeed bite marks on her body and that they belonged to Howard.
1: Mm. Mm-mm.
0: Haynes' initial autopsy did not reference the bite marks. Howard spent twenty-six years on death row, but he was exonerated January eighth, two thousand twenty one, after new forensic investigation was opened up regarding the bite marks, along with DNA testing and crime scene evidence. He didn't do it. He wasn't even there.
1: Mm.
0: So he was released in December of twenty twenty. his case is the 28th exoneration in the United States based on bite mark comparisons. Holy
1: crap. 28. Yeah, that's very problematic.
0: Bite mark evidence represents everything that is wrong with forensic science in this country today, said Chris Fabricant, who is the director of strategic litigation for the Innocence Project. It is a grossly unreliable method even under ideal circumstances. Mm-hmm. It's contributed to more wrongful convictions and indictments than any other technique that is still admissible in criminal trials. Wow. After this case, the Innocence Project fast tracked any case that's sent to them based on forensic odontology. It's a good idea. But there are a lot of people that disagree and say that forensic odontology is used in everything from unknown remains to plane crashes to help identify bodies and return them to their loved ones. So, this began in the 70s, and it uses teeth patterns to match dental x-rays and records. So, generally, these bite marks help crime scene investigators solve cases by comparing the teeth marks to the wound of the victim, which is what sealed the deal for Ted Bundy. Right. So, Dr. West... Still swears that Levon Brooks bit Courtney's arm. Please. He says, I didn't testify that he raped her or that he murdered her, just that he bit her. Yes, the fuck you did. You knew exactly what you were doing. Mm-hmm. So he just pulled her out of the water after she was dead and bit yeah, her and yeah, put yeah, her that's back. Absurd. So yeah. this is a very pompous prick, if you ask me, which no one did. So don't come for me. I watched a lot of videos about this case and courthouse testimony Mm -hmm. and this guy's in it. And he's like one of the biggest dicks I've ever seen in my entire life. So there is um, a Netflix show about this case and some other ones called The Innocence Files.
1: Okay. I haven't heard of it.
0: I haven't either until I started researching this case. And then I watched it and it just solidified that this guy's a huge hairy asshole.
1: Not a hairy say. Yeah,
0: yeah. So he says in the show when they question him about another bite mark case that he worked on, they ask him, "Did you do you remember this girl?" And he was like, "No." And they're like, "Really? Ugh. You don't remember this this victim?" And they say her name or whatever. And he, and I quote, says, "You've seen one dead girl with a bite mark, then you've seen them all."
1: Oh my god! What? Ooh. That's.
0: That's cold. He's... Just see for yourself. Trash. Slot into Lacey's DMs Little and tell boy. her what an enormous jerk you think this guy is. Oh, boy. He is known for six wrongful convictions. That's pretty terrible. Six. Pretty death row. These people could have been put to death. That is
1: awful. Yeah. And I was saving this for the end,
0: but it kind of pertains to this. What? Did somebody sh- get bit in your case? No.
1: Well, we shuffle if, through.
0: Okay. I got two new teeth today. I finally got my crowns on. So oh, if good. I bite you, It'll be these changed. came from a factory in Taiwan. Oh, so. man. Odontology that, bitches.
1: <laughs> so we got an email from Lee and Lily from Australia. And they were basically like, What is going on with the legal system in the United States, girl? And I. We don't know. It's a hot mess. But they had just listened to the Purvis Payne case. Was that season one? Yeah. So they were blown away that someone could be sentenced to death with so little evidence. And it is really scary. And that reminds me, there's an, I don't know if we ever talked about it on here. There's an update to that case.
0: I think we did. Where his, um, he got a stay of execution. They're not going to execute him. It was converted to life.
1: Right. Right. But did we talk about how he can apply for parole in five years? No, I didn't know about that. Yeah, I couldn't remember. I didn't think so. So they basically conceded that he's a person with an intellectual disability and cannot be executed. He was re-sentenced to two concurrent life sentences, which would make him eligible to apply for parole. when he served a total of 39 years. So he served 34 years so far. So he can apply in five years.
0: I really hope he gets paroled because I don't care what anybody says or thinks. My opinion is all that matters because this is our show. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I, I don't, I don't think he did it. I mean, y'all take a deep dive in it. I feel like it was a witch hunt, and they—it's it, oh, can't. I'm gonna start sweating.
1: Well, Lee and Lily are gonna hear this case Lee and, and Lily, be like, "What is happening?" I'm in telling United you, States?
0: it's just—it's and they it's hit so yeah. disheartening.
1: It's—it's it's, yeah, they're it is disheartening. Yep. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. So, today I will be talking about a case that needs more public attention. And this case takes place in Oxford, Mississippi, which is basically a college town. Those familiar with Southern sports know all about Ole Miss.
0: Ew. (laughs) Just kidding.
1: Arkansans don't tend to be fans. It's more formally known as the University of Mississippi. So, Oxford is the north-central part of Mississippi, and is just... 75 miles south of Memphis. I didn't realize it was that
0: close. Have you ever been? No. I went once <laughs> with this guy I was dating. Shocking, I know. And we went to a game. Okay. And their tailgating situation is insane. It's like chandeliers in tents and like... Real. That sounds fun. Real plates and stuff. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it's a college town. Nothing they else to
0: do. They don't do that up in Woo Pig, Fayetteville. That's true.
1: They might now. I haven't tailgated in a minute. I don't know.
0: I don't think I've so. I've never
1: tailgated, actually. <laughs> I've never done that. <laughs> Sorry, so, continue. The population's around 25,416 people, which is bigger than I thought it was, mm-hmm. to be honest, but it's still small. Now, let me tell you about a student from Ole Miss, Jimmy. Jay Lee was a 20-year-old student from Jackson, Mississippi. He went by Jay to everyone who knew him, so that's what I'm going to call him. He was studying social work with a minor in business and graduated in May of 2022 with honors. He had plans to pursue his master's degree. He was known for being a social advocate, especially in the Black, LGBTQ plus community. Jay regularly performed drag at Code Pink. Which is pretty much a nightclub in a safe space, so it's a safe space where l g b t q plus people can dance and have fun in Oxford, okay, yeah, it sounds fun though he loved music and spent a lot of time recording his own. Some of his favorite artists were Beyonce, Rihanna, and Ariana Grand, and Ariana
0: Grande. It's Ariana, just ask our friend Zach, did I say Ariana? You did. Ariana told you. Told you she mispronounces everything. <laughs> Ariana
1: Grande. <laughs> um, whatever. So, Jay was super expressive and loved conveying this through fashion and makeup. He also had an adorable little dog named Lexi that was always by his side, and of course I have to mention this. I saw pictures. She looks like a little long-haired chihuahua or Pomeranian mix. I'm not sure what breed she is, but that's kind of what she looks like. So, all in all, Jay had a Big personality and was not afraid to show it. On July 8th, 2022, Jay left his Oxford apartment super late or super early, depending on how you look at it. He was a night owl, so would frequently stay up all night long into the morning. I'm talking like 5, 6 a.m. Oh, no. So that was like his night where it's like our morning. He wished his mom a happy birthday posted on social media, and said goodbye to his dog, Lexi, before getting into his car at 5.58 a.m. He left his apartment in a robe, gray slippers, and a hair bonnet. Girl, he he
0: was running to get a pack of smokes. You'll see. Oh, sorry. But it does, it seems like, yeah. He's just going to run up to the gas station.
1: Seems like running somewhere quickly or something, yeah. He has not been seen since. What? Yes. So many people loved Jay, but because he wasn't afraid to show the world who he was, he would receive hate. He repeatedly spoke out about the harassment that he received for wearing women's clothing. So it made a lot of people wonder if this was some sort of hate crime. Sure. Which makes sense. A few days later, Jay's car was found at a towing company after it was removed from the Molly Bear apartments.
0: The apartments that he lived in?
1: Nope. Oh.
0: Look at me with my cart before my horse. Continue.
1: They didn't know why his car would have been at these apartments. He Mm. didn't live there. No friends. No friends lived there. Nope. So after some questioning, investigators discovered that he was in a casual sexual relationship with another recent Ole Miss graduate.
0: I mean, who hasn't been?
1: Just kidding. (laughs)
0: With an Miss graduate. graduate. Specifically. Specifically.
1: Timothy Harrington Jr. graduated in twenty twenty with his bachelor's in business administration. The casual relationship that he had with Jay was allegedly unknown to his friends and family. So he was straight. Well
0: quote unquote.
1: I couldn't find anything on if he is or is not out right now. But None of our business. It, yeah, it, it whatever. But I, I don't think he was publicly gotcha. out. I think it was very much a secret for him, a very secretive relationship. A couple of weeks after Jay's disappearance, Timothy Harrington was arrested and charged with first-degree murder and held without bond. Oh, shit. Investigators said that substantial evidence indicates Jay was murdered in Timothy's apartment. <gasps> Timothy neither confessed nor admitted guilt when he was arrested. The Oxford PD released a statement that the killing of Jay is an isolated incident and does not reflect a broader threat to queer people in Mississippi. The release said, quote, Based on the information collected to date, our investigators believe this crime represents an isolated incident stemming from the relationship between Jay Lee and Tim Harrington. So, turns out That morning he was heading in his car, Mm -hmm. basically had his jammies on. Mm -hmm. At six oh three that morning, Jay sent Timothy a message saying open. So he was letting him know that he was outside of his apartment. Yeah, open the door. Yeah. So that's where Jay was going early that morning. Investigators also discovered that at five fifty six AM, just seven minutes. Before Jay got there, Timothy Googled, "How long does it take someone to strangle someone?" Gabby Petito. Uh,
0: people, first of all, don't strangle anybody. Second of all, don't Google stupid shit unless you are podcasters, because our yeah I Google mean, searches I have, are a nightmare. Yeah, they are. I was about to say, but yeah,
1: just that's awful. And just
0: seven minutes. Seven minutes. So very this very was- spur of the moment definitely premeditated though premeditated for sure but like he was quickly like oh shit he's on his way yeah let me look this up because i haven't had a week to do this he also googled does pre workout boost testosterone he was straight i'm just making assumptions
1: but i think that. based on that it was kind of like will i be stronger if exactly. i just work out yeah yeah so timothy is the nephew of a Granada, Mississippi judge. I swear to God. Yep. Yep. And National Bar Association president, Carlos Moore, who is representing his case. So he has... I'm done with this case.
0: Just stop talking. I'm already irritated. Yep.
1: So it's no public defender for him. He's got his... There's not an
0: innocence project joining his troop. Right. So after Timothy
1: was in jail for a couple of months... The district attorney, Ben Creekmore, and Timothy's legal defense made an agreement in November of 2022 to grant a bond. Timothy was given a $250,000 bond, as well as surrendering his passport, and he had has to wear an ankle monitor. Jay's family was not notified of this until it was released, which is awful. And many people believe he should not have been released. No. Especially since Jay's body still. Has not been found.
0: (sighs) Yeah. This reeks of some Murdoch shit. I'm just saying.
1: The prosecution believes that he should have been denied bond because his charge of first-degree murder will likely be elevated to capital murder Mm -hmm. as police uncover more evidence. Mm -hmm. And some of it's still being processed
0: at the crime lab, like right now. So, you may not know this, and we may need to goog this after a while, but what would classify this as a hate crime, you know, versus capital murder, because, you know, there are different charges for if it is a hate crime specifically, or, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Do you know that?
1: I don't know that.
0: We'll look it up. And we'll get back to you guys.
1: Don't know a motive yet. No, right. We don't. It could be he just didn't want Jay to reveal he was in a relationship, and he's like, oh, or it could be a lover's
0: quarrel. Probably not, but. Right. But I guess, I guess what's confusing to me is what. I mean, I know there are definitely things that constitute this is specifically a hate crime. This person was targeted because they were X, Y, or Z. So if he didn't want the relationship to be revealed, again, I'm strictly speculating because he may or may not have been out. Mm-hmm. So he was worried that it would be revealed that he was having this homosexual relationship would that classify and fall under a hate crime because he's murdering him because he's homosexual
1: yeah i'm not sure i'm not either i'll look into that though i can talk about it next time i'm not We're gonna sure. put a pin in this i guess though you would have to prove
0: that right it was a hate again crime, right there's no motive
1: we don't know right that's a good question though so they also said he's a flight risk since a forensic search of his computer revealed that he was searching flights from Dallas to Singapore.
0: Oh, Lord. Yeah.
1: But they let him out. Like, what?
0: And but he they could think murder more people. But they think he surrendered his passport, so he's and you're not saying, going anywhere.
1: And they're saying it's an isolated incident, but it's like, why do you think he won't
0: murder anyone else? But you don't know the motive, so you don't know that it was isolated. Yeah,
1: that's. it's just very strange that he's... Shut your computer. We're going to law school. Yeah, (laughs) lawyers email us. So the overall hypothesis, and again, we don't know for sure. This is just what they're thinking. That in the early morning on July 8th, Timothy lured Jay to his apartment, strangled him, and then staged a cover-up by driving Jay's car to another student housing complex. Mm -hmm. So they found the car. It wasn't at Timothy's. Mm -hmm. Wasn't at Jay's. It was somewhere random so he wanted to throw them off likely then he picked up a box truck belonging to his moving company and drove it to his parents' house in granada where he retrieved a long-handled shovel and wheelbarrow so they haven't revealed everything yet but based on this it sounds like there might be evidence that he was buried somewhere
0: uh-huh. but he hasn't
1: been found
0: but it's yeah. mississippi It's a good old boy system. They probably honestly will never find his body. And that's so sad.
1: So the case has not been presented to the grand jury yet, and it's not clear as to why. It could be due to the delay of test results from the state crime lab. A court officially said that it's likely that a special grand jury will be called in the next month or two where prosecutors will present their evidence to the grand jury in hopes of getting an indictment against Timothy. Jay's body has still not been found, but authorities believe it's somewhere in Lafayette or Granada County in Mississippi. I doubt he drove far. Who knows? But there is a Facebook page and an Instagram and a TikTok called Justice for Jay Lee. J-A-Y-L-E-E. And I encourage everyone listening to check it out. They post a lot of information photos of Jay, and it's all very important. They want to keep his memory alive while fighting for justice. They don't like that this guy's out on bond. No. They're trying to get justice and spread as much awareness about this case as possible. And someone emailed this to us a while back. I don't remember who, and when I started researching this, it jogged my memory because I remember Uh the picture of Jay that they sent. So, on a lighter note please we have so many new patrons that joined us over break like for real shut up big drum roll angela d from ohio cool did you put our pins in already all the pins are in so it's up to date Okay. except for the people i don't know okay i'm looking so angela d thank you so much sarah c from oklahoma well, yay, Is you're that that our first Oklahoma. First you popped our Oklahoma cherry. <laughs> <laughs> she's
0: like, ew, gross.
1: <laughs> Heather B. from Nevada.
0: I'm working. There's two. Cool. She's up there in that one corner.
1: Thank you, Heather. Thanks. Ashley C. We don't know where she's from yet, but thank you, Ashley. Thanks, Ashley. Great name. <laughs> Spelled the same way. <laughs> I love it. Sarah M. from Ohio. Another Yeah, oh, we love it. We love you, Sarah. We love Ohio. Barbara R. from California. Very cool. Yes. Thanks, thank Barb. You. Michelle F. from West Virginia. Is that? Nope. Two. Second. We got cool. two. Yay, we love you. Thank you, Michelle. Jillian C. from Utah. We haven't scared all the Utahans away. Utahians? Uh, You always forget. I know. Thank you, Jillian. Thanks. Tanya H. from Kentucky. Thanks, Tanya. I'm having a drink today. That's my eye (laughs) here. Crystal P. Not sure where she's from yet, but thank you, Crystal. And Amanda B. from Texas. Thank you, Amanda. Thanks, Amanda. Everybody. That's amazing. We love you all. We hope you like those Patreon episodes. We are about to record our March episode. Yes. So for those that don't know, we have a bonus episode every month for patrons. We pick a random theme. This time it's assassinations. It's
0: the Ides of March. Yeah, I haven't picked mine yet. Same. It's hard. I mean, there's a lot, but I
1: want to find one that's interesting.
0: I'm trying to steer away from like political assassinations. Yeah, me too. So I'm trying to find. You know what I find a lot of are reporters or yeah writers yeah which is interesting true, true. it's kind of scary i'm gonna
1: have to think on that because i'm not sure
0: there's a ton hmm. i'm excited about it i mean not excited about that this happened to these people but right it'll it's be a an different, interesting
1: thing it's a sure. different thing we've not ever it's done something i haven't thought mm-hmm. about
0: what else do you have
1: nothing that's all i got for you
0: i'm happy to be back i am too it seemed like we were gone forever it did Nothing new? Nothing's going on with you? Not really. How is your planter fasciatus? I want to ask because we haven't no, talked it's about my that.
1: Planter's wart. It's still Oh, planter's here. wart. It's still here.
0: <gasps> you you mean to tell me that witch doctor that, <gasps> that put that beetle jizz on your foot no. didn't work?
1: It's still here. No, it's still there. It looks the same. I did get rid of one of them, oddly enough, the small one on my toe, but the one that I actually cared about the most. Still here. Looks the same. I can schedule another appointment. Mm-mm. He did say it could take three to four times, but it's out in West Little
0: Rock. How many times did you go? Twice. Can I see it? Will you take your sock off and show me? You're going to say ooh. I'll say ooh to everything, so. Uh, I'll just show you. Drum roll, please. Where? Right there. This. It just looks like a blister. But it's a wart. Does it hurt? No. Ew. I'm just
1: kidding. <laughs> I mean, it's gross. I hate it. It doesn't hurt. It's just, an, I just, I don't like a
0: wart. Lacey will not be selling her feet pics I, on our OnlyFans.
1: I actually think a wart could make me money, so God to each their own. I, I I think there's a niche for that. For foot warts? Bottle, body oddities.
0: <gasps> TMTM. <laughs>
1: Is that going to be our...
0: Maybe that should get be... get an account
1: name for OnlyFans? I've never been on it. I don't know.
0: stop saying it someone's gonna steal it god damn it (laughs) what's new with you um nothing i have my crowns put on today Mm -hmm. i've got my Mm -hmm. colonoscopy scheduled i'm just doing hot girl shit over here that's awesome
1: i got a x-ray for the first time yesterday other than teeth what what my chest i'm trying to get to the bottom of this stupid cough i've had they're pretty sure it's oh my god we're good. falling apart i'm not sick so if i'm coughing and someone's like N-, i'm like you can see my x-ray report she literally sick.
0: it's like world war z every time she coughs it's like we're in a it sucks crazy- to have
1: a chronic cough during covid well you know everyone thinks yeah. i'm sick and i'm like no to I'm be not.
0: fair you sound emphysemic so well sometimes on
1: my well he pulled up so I had to see a different doctor because my regular doctor was booked, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what's the point of having mm-hmm. you if I can't get to you? And it took a week to mm-hmm. get in. Anyway, he pulls up my x-ray and he's such a nerd. He's like, oh, this is beautiful. Do You see this? And he's like, I don't even know what he's calling professional, things. professional, sir. He's like, this area, see how dark that is? That's amazing. He was just talking about it like it was a work of art. And I'm like, I literally don't know what I'm looking at. He's like, oh, it's amazing. Your lungs look great. Your heart looks great. There's nothing wrong with you from the neck down. <laughs> <laughs> Except that ward on your foot. <laughs> you just let know about that. <laughs> Here she goes. Here she goes. Yeah, but um, he gave me two prescriptions of basically Nexium and Pepsid. I have to take a bunch of, like a high dose of twice a day. And if I'm not better in three weeks, I have to get a scope down my throat, which I do not want. But I am like, how old am I? Where I'm like... <sighs>
0: We're falling apart.
1: Gird issues, warts. Swear to God, <laughs> witch,
0: witch. I'm a witch. She's a witch. Um, we do have some exciting news. We are going,
1: yes, to True Crime Fest NWA, which is Northwest Arkansas. Yes, it's it's a, a hot spot. It's an Arkansas hot spot. I don't know what I'm, else. To call I'm it. excited about this. Yeah, let me give you some details real fast. We want you all to come see us and it's close to Oklahoma, Texas, Missouri, Missouri, it's up there. So basically, it's on Saturday, May 20th this year. You can go to allthelostgirls.org to buy tickets. All the ticket sales go to this organization that mm-hmm. helps find missing girls in Arkansas. And there's gonna they keep announcing people, Katherine Townsend from Helen gone's gonna be there. That's exciting. Lance and Jennifer from Crawl Space Media. He is from, is it Missing? Missing Maura Murray. Uh Uh-huh. And James Renner, the author. I've actually read his book. They have some pretty- I will say. uh, I'm pretty excited. excited. So I read his book. I was talking to someone the other day and I accidentally said Jeremy Renner. And they're like, oh my God.
0: If Jeremy Renner was going to be their girl.
1: Yeah. uh, So his book is called- True Crime Addict, How I Lost Myself in the Mysterious Disappearance of Maura
0: Murray. And I will say he's a little controversial. How so? He, he kind of has a little beef with her family. Oh, maybe they don't want him to talk
1: about well, the things? He he kind of inserted himself a lot in the, the case. And they didn't want to talk to him. And he was just kind of like, well, it's weird that you don't want to talk to me. And they're kind of like, well, we're talking to other people. We don't have to.
0: Sure. And he just kind
1: of is implicated. I don't know. It seems a little messy. messy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. he he might be the drama.
0: I'm I don't here know. for it.
1: I'm not here dissing him. We're going to meet him and yeah. pretend like we no, I'm just joking. I'm,
0: I'm excited. <laughs> it's going to be a good time. And, and tickets are, you said, on at allthelostgirls.org.
1: Allthelostgirls.org on Saturday, May 20th. And there's other people, too. How much are tickets? I don't know. I think there's a range. Oh, okay. There's a range. Well, you can go there and yeah, look. There, there's a range. You can go there and look. But if you either can't make that or you don't want to go to that or whatever, we're going to do trivia. In, we are in Fayetteville. Which is still in NWA for those that don't know. Yes. On Thursday night. Mm-hmm. We don't have the time exactly set yet, but it is Thursday night. That would be the 18th. 20th, 19th, the 18th. Yes, May Thursday, the 18th. Thursday, on a Thursday. Thursday, May the 18th. We'll be doing some true crime trivia. You can come see us, hang out with us, drink with us. And that will be at Wine U. Wine
0: U. So, give that a little googie. We'll post that as well. We'll post it. But, yeah, lots of fun things coming up in uh, Season 3. Yeah, come hang out with us. Anything else? Nope. All right.
1: Bye. Bye.